Magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. You're tuned into Pinoy Estraliano. We're going to be talking about love for country and patriotism and a few concepts that stem from the Philippine diaspora worldwide. Stay tuned. Maraming salamat sa aming baka. Pangalan niya ay Bella. Thank you, Bella the Cow, for that wonderful transition. <laughs> What's going on, guys? This is Anthony Lawang, a.k.a. Lama Rock. Um, I've just spent the morning uh, kind of cringing, but also appreciating foreign perspectives by TED Talkers in the Philippines. Now, I remember coming across the concept back in, I think it was 2012, when this whole Coney affair from um, Africa was being revived by a, by a group of um, individuals in the United States, I think it was, that thought, you know, how terrible and how shocking uh, this, uh, I've already forgotten the, 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 the full story about Coney, but it had to do with, with children, uh, child soldiers, I believe, and, 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 and perhaps a dictator or, or, or a rebel or something like that. And, and it was only to be revealed that um, these were affairs that happened much, much longer ago prior to this whole viral explosion of hashtag Coney. And then, you know, Ted was, Ted Talks was still kind of like hot stuff and a lot of people were and still are um, listening to a lot of the Ted Talks and, you know, like anything that you subscribe to, you always have to take things with a grain of salt because if you sort of blindly follow these things and take it as fact, well, you know, you're um, subconsciously being or absorbing these programs if you want to look at things in that perspective programming your mind because every time there's a new video you just watch it and you take it in like it's gospel you know now I remember an African woman getting up and doing a talk on TED about the whole Coney and I think her main argument was how the West perceives Africa as one whole nation and not as a continent of multiple countries, indigenous people, tribes that are all different in their own unique and beautiful way from each other. And she also made the point of, I'm not quite sure what it's called now, what's it called? I believe she um, turned it, termed it the white saviour complex. Um, looking here at Wikipedia, it's like the term white saviour, sometimes combined with saviour complex to write white saviour complex refers to a white person who acts to help non-white people with the help in some context perceived to be self-serving. Now I would omit 
the, the word white white and black are technically shades and everything else is a color <laughs> so as a brown person a person of color I am not a shade <laughs> sorry for those of you who are politically correct but hey you know I, I believe that we shouldn't really bash different colors despite long-term histories of our ancestors doing things that we we frown upon when when reflecting on it you know anyways the whole point of this was that you know there's a positive to everything and having watched these TED talks it's always so amazing for a Filipino Australian like myself who's not surrounded by the hardships and the, the full 100% culture the full-on culture not surrounded by that culture of the Philippines around me we only know concepts of it and we try to keep ourselves in tune with it because quite naturally there would be a calling back to the motherland of sorts and what these guys had to say despite somewhat being a bit cringe-worthy when listening to them speak Filipino you know, it, it, it opens the mind and is a good reminder of why it's dope to be Filipino. And you know, there's this sort of... So something... There's something sinister about uh, the way things are changing in um, our lives here in, here in Australia and how things are developing. Um, these, these talks about being politically correct, um, certain groups um, asking for equality and, and whatnot. Um, and I'm pro equality, of course, you know, but uh, I feel like there's, uh, there's some kind of sense of entitlement by people um, from first world countries that uh, are jumping the line in terms of uh, trying to create positive change that this uh, this act for positive change is actually creating waves of, of, of negative change so to speak only because you know to do things like changing law, you know, in Australia supposedly it's it's um it's against it's against the law to change a constitution without having a a particular method of changing law, and so what that means is the lawmakers of any country there's a political agenda. And without getting into any specifics, it's almost like what originally starts as a very, very positive challenge or, or concept becomes marred and bogged down by things like politics. And if we aren't aware, we should really be considering how 
if we leave everything up to politicians and those people with a lot of money and perhaps exist in a higher class movement that doesn't involve people from the middle or from the lower, then it's that, as cliche as it sounds, but it's the truth. It's just going to be that place, that world, that future where the rich are going to get richer and the poor will get poorer. So here we are holding up our full slate, you know, recording podcasts, posting up pictures, doing all sorts of things that keep us distracted, <laughs> as opposed to really working together as a community. And I think, you know, quite naturally, there are people, there are individuals, there are groups that think, think along the same lines and are trying to find ways to get back together and instigate positive change. With all these distractions in the world and things that we see on the news, sometimes it's very easy to, to forget some very core values, such as community, such as culture, such as peace, such as love, because we're bombarded about the recent terrorist bombing or some crazy celebrity who's done something. These things, after a point in time, are really trivial and not really important for the future, and excuse my very dramatic language here, but for the future of mankind. And so as a, as a Filipino-Australian, or if I may say an Aussie, I have to look to my Filipino roots because there's still a lot of things that need to happen there, just like they need to happen here, but we've forgotten that. So guys, we're in a process of forgetting. Um, and I hope in turn, there is also a process of remembering. I believe this is just another one of those cycles that happens with some of the more obvious things for all the generations, I guess you could say, of the recycling of old ideas and values. Now, I've been driving Uber quite a lot recently. I've been speaking to a lot of passengers and one of the things that has been coming up quite often and something that people can speak quite strongly about is this this disillusionment with country or in this particular case disillusionment with Melbourne, Victoria. Now these are all older, much older passengers, but there have been a few younger passengers that are, you know, had some qu quite interesting things to say. And it's, it's just, you know, that commentary about how things are going and how they don't quite like it. 
one obvious one is the uh, profound effect of um, social media. Whilst you know a young 19-year-old passenger that's just about to start university next week had mentioned that yeah you know it's crazy because you can now go and, and uh, study these these subjects that when didn't, didn't exist really um, well they've existed for a while but they now bear more meaning because we're all about communication now we're trying to communicate and and social media one of those ways to build public relations for your company your business your organization whatever it may be but of course there's also the dark side and and that's what the older passengers seem to be talking about the whole sort of pretentiousness of um you know the whole pretentiousness of like look at me look at me look at me look where i'm eating this whole sort of status status obsession that um at the at, at its core is just a vanity and materialism uh and a, a a need for attention that is otherwise not being given to these particular individuals for business purposes i understand but for as an individual you know like as an individual you know we'd have to really look much deeper as to why we're we're doing all these things and hence why I left Facebook and tried to channel that energy into something like doing podcasts to just see if I can reach a more niche audience but also it's more for me to jot down my ideas I digress so this disillusionment right I think it's a result of being pushed in the direction where we are getting close to the edge. Unfortunately, some people have already fell off that edge. And for others, they're just that close that they might just lose <laughs> their heads. <laughs> Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. There's <laughs> Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, you know? Melly Mel. Shoutouts to Melly Mel. And I guess we'll expand further on that in the next episode because, sorry, in the next segment because truly, like, if everything was fine and dandy, we wouldn't be complaining about such a beautiful, wonderful country called Australia. But because of the way the machine operates, if I may say, it's um, when you have these freedoms, you know, like it's very easy to look the wrong way. And I believe that's what a lot of us are guilty of doing. So let's jump straight into it guys. Always requiring a bit of a warm-up. I'm not well conversed in politics and policies and, and you know these terms of, of political correctness but to find people also thinking about the same thing 
makes me feel valid. And it's only through personal conversations with these people, having these open conversations about quite controversial and oftentimes trivial subjects. You know, it's good. It's good and it's probably something that needs to happen more in person and less online. And, you know, it's this whole... It's whole, this whole thing about, I really need to look this up, but uh, this neoliberalism, right? This sort of new, new freedom, so to speak. Is it too much? You know, if, if that's what's happening now, like, I, I'm only seeing the negative results of that. I'm not really seeing the, the positive ones. You know, it, it, it seems quite ego-driven. It seems uh, like there's a political agenda behind certain things. There's unfairness about how some of, some of, some things are happening. And, and it's quite literally, as it's being um, sort of, n you know, named um, in media, a war on culture. So what do we do? I think the thing we we shouldn't do is just complain about it. Whinge, 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 blah, 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 blah. No. We don't whinge about it, but we try and do something about it in our own personal lives. And so my journey for the past, oh, since my divorce perhaps, for the past four or five years, is really just trying to understand this concept of of community community culture. I guess my whole life's been that, being privy to, to witness and be part of some amazing communal events, Filipino and other. But, you know, there's this, there's this thing in the Philippines called Bayanihan. And if you look that up, Bayanihan, on Google Translate, it means cooperative Endeavor. Now, this um, Englishman named Tom had got a, a cringe uh, worthy um, interview on Ted, wrote a book called The Genius of the Filipino Poor. And that's after spending a year with a non for profit community org called Gawad Kalinga. And what Gawad Kalinga do is they turn slums into clean communities that um, have sustainable things running through them so that they can obviously self-sustain themselves. Anyway, he talks about this story where he jumps into a jeepney. And a jeepney is like a little bus. It's a, it's a people mover in the Philippines. And it has two long rows of seats with an aisle in the middle with the drivers at the front, obviously. So when you jump on, you sit where you need to sit and you pay the driver, and you get off when it's time to get off, right? Mind you, it's not like a normal bus where the bus, you know, the place will just stop. You have to make the call, um, and as noisy and as hectic as the traffic is, despite all odds, you still have to, like, bang the roof or something to just tell the, the driver to stop. But anyway, here's Tom explaining how he's got this massive backpack. He walks into the Jeep, right? He walks all the way to the front of the aisle. Mind you, the roof's really low, so you're kind of crouching while you're walking through this jeep, yeah? Taps the driver on the shoulder and says, Bayad Bok, and gives him the money. 
Then he goes and sits down, and as he turns in the, in the jeepney, his bag smacks two of the titas in the face, and he's obviously the most unpopular fellow on the jeepney. Now, as they're driving, they pick up another passenger, and this passenger just sits down um, pretty much at the entrance of the jeep, which is at the back. And what she does is she passes her money to the person next to her, and that woman then passes it to the next next until it gets to the driver and by that stage she's like Bayadpo and they've all worked together to help So this um this act of Bayanihan this cooperative endeavor outside of your own family and group of friends do you as a Westerner if you are listening from a place that's considered part of the West <laughs> or even if you're a Filipino Australian or whoever do you practice by a Nihan not uh, as part of your job not as part of your own personal work not as a volunteer for a charity or not-for-profit organization or when, when do, you, do, do you exercise this cooperative endeavor publicly with people you don't know I think these lack of uh, social interactions in the form of Bayanihan is something that continues to tear and help fuel the war on culture we're talking about equal rights but what are equal rights worth if you can't say certain things to a certain person you can't talk to a person you can't interact with the person for fear of being crucified then and there on the spot I need to read the book again but it's a book called um, 1984 by George Orwell and he talks about the society mind you he was referring to another society <coughs> that was happening at the time that was that was alive at the time um, he wrote the book, but it's funny because that's that's also in a different way um, It was almost like a prophecy of what's happening right now and So let's return to the story of this woman in the um, In the jeepney, right? If we look at the perspective the Western perspective that even the perspective from Filipinos themselves that may have migrated from the immigrated from the Philippines or are second or third generation after their parents had moved to another country a lot of them a lot of us shall I say will talk about how ghetto and how dangerous and how unsafe the Philippines is yet despite open drainage bad health, corrupt politics, drug addicts, you name it, the worst of the worst perception of a people's. And then you zoom in into this like next level polluted city, like Google zoom that shit like right and you're inside a jeepney this lady's just jumped on and she says and she pulls out her money and hands 
hands her money in the general direction of the driver, which mind you, this, this jeepney could be aisles of 10 people on each side, so it's 20 people all crammed up. It's quite a long way still to get to the driver. And these people, she, she might not know them, except maybe for the regulars, but there's that many people in the Philippines. Who knows what your chances are of jumping in and meeting the same people every time you drive, right? And just trusting in these people around you who could probably rob you, who could pocket your money, you know, could bully you. No, you just trust. And these people will, will, will have heard her say, Bayat po. And they will see the money in front of them. So they will take that money and pass it along further down until the jeepney driver was to get that money. You know, because they know that she needs to pay. She's a fellow passenger because she's sitting in there with all the other commuters. They know that they need to get, you know, that they all needed to pay. So she's just got to pay too. And that if they pay the jeepney driver, then the driver gets to make his wage and also gets to keep his jeepney running you know they may not even exchange any words but they would have heard they would have passed the money and they would have gone on with their day that perhaps culturally psychologically you know emotionally this creates a sense of belonging even though they don't know each other do you exercise by any hand so perhaps it's this lack of bayanihan here in Melbourne that there is a growing amount is it growing? I don't know maybe I'm in my own world when I think about this but there's this sort of sense of distrust which is quite sad when you think about it you know of not knowing who your neighbours are anymore not being able to not being able to pop your head over the fence and say, hey, how's it going? Because no one hangs out in their front yards anymore. We're probably the only dudes in our street that hang out the front of our house because we've got this balcony that sees everything. But when everyone drives past or walks past, they look up at us. It's like, oh, that's that family. So we're known. We're known and we're kind of like the, we're kind of like the, uh, the watchers <laughs> of our street. You know, we're probably going to create like a, a, uh, a new show using surveillance footage called This Week on Way. Can't tell you my street name because then you'll find me, but <laughs> yeah, you know, can't even tell actually, yeah, I'm gonna have to just beep that that's that that sound out, but yeah, you know, like people are disillusioned because there's no real interaction except with friends or family, but with like I think anywhere between eighty to a hundred thousand new people moving to Melbourne every year you know it's like there's a massive shift in energy right there's a lot more people contributing to our state we're becoming quite a commercial mainstream state because of its popularity um, for all different kinds of reasons that the way things are going if we don't practice this thing called Bayanihan and we subscribe constantly to all of these things that uh, we're almost indirectly yet directly being told to do the love doesn't spread rather disillusionment distrust 
anger, resentment, hate, fear, all of that grows much quicker and a lot more rapidly than acts of love or kindness, which is something that we can learn through Bayanihan. You know, and, and, and you know, this is this is targeted to people who are racist, but also to the people who um, who hate on racists. <laughs> you know, like a racist. It's like a it's like a tribal mentality, yeah. So in essence, it's almost like an an indigenous genetic predisposition to behave you know and unfortunately we 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 look at racism as being a white thing yeah or should I say a light skin thing yeah but like even as a brown person there's racism from higher class the higher class doesn't like the lower class because they're poor you know or an overseas Filipino worker who's dark-skinned or might even be light-skinned moving over to Malaysia or Taiwan right and or, or to the Middle East and because their employer looks at them as someone from a poor country they treat them like shit they, they treat them like like slaves yeah and and they might even express forms of racism because they're basically treating this individual like a dog non-human you know and not a domestic dog that you love and you take care of like nah this dog you just get to work for you you know but it's like we need to learn how to transmute that love of self and our people right and find different ways to let that be known around the world without having to hate on other races or hate on different ways you know and these people are probably that way because they feel like they've been abandoned you know and they are not part of they're not belonging of a, a strong community of people and are not being helped or are not receiving the services similar to some of these more fortunate people that come from unfortunate backgrounds if that makes sense you know it's easy to nitpick at things that you don't like but it's hard to actually action and improve on those things And so if we, we think about um, these particular individuals that uh, express their disdain for different cultures, you know, these standalone racists, <laughs> so to speak, you know, you, you'd have to think about their culture, right? You'd have to think about the community they're part of. You'd have to consider like the hardships that they face probably the same as everybody else right that's where all this hate and anger would stem from um, because of all these different things but if we look at if we look at that person as this thread of one whole um, piece of fabric yeah like a tablecloth or something like that right this one thread, this one individual, is fraying off the edge. And rather than that whole, if it could do it, 
and repair itself. This tablecloth could just re-stitch that one piece of thread back into itself to make the fabric whole again, the tablecloth whole again. That's what's not happening, if you were to think of it as a metaphor. Yeah? And then think about it like this. Let's say that this thread is actually like a is like is, is 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 a racist person, so to speak. Doesn't matter what culture, what community, what background, right? And that thread falls off, and it falls down onto the ground in the pits with all these other threads. Yeah. Then somehow those threads magically weave together to create a new kind of tablecloth, or let's say a flag with the Nazi symbol on it. <laughs> you know, that that's what's happening when when there aren't that's kind of what's happening when there aren't any any fusing of materials or, or these threads, these different tablecloths aren't being fused with different techniques to to merge with other other tablecloths to become stronger tablecloths or nicer tablecloths if that makes sense yeah that's that's what's happening with, with what's going on at the actual fabric of our society of what original societies of peace are about are being slowly frayed at the edges and then eventually just falling apart you know and then you'll have these groups that splinter off and form their own thing and their hate and their agendas brew until they you know to a point where they they get that strong they amass that many followers that bang they come out and all of a sudden there is conflict as opposed to allowing these groups to interact and openly air things out from the beginning and not letting this sort of racism brew in, in like a secret place you know and for someone right let's look at it like this in Australia I don't think patriotism is a is a thing amongst a lot of Australians yeah maybe because there are there are being racist ideals and people know the truth a lot of people know about the truth of the colonialism and the genocide that's happened here with with Aboriginals and and the history has shown like in this very short 200 or so years of history like how badly treated immigrants refugees and newly arrives are when they first arrive here you know that this love for country is only enjoyed by a certain group of people and the rest are cynical and disillusioned with the whole movement and I think that's a damn shame because you know it is things like Bayanihan or this new sentence I want to, concept I want to introduce to you Walang Iwanan or Walang Naiwan I believe it's Walang Iwanan man I really need to go back to the Philippines Walang Iwanan meaning no one is left behind Anga Walang Iwanan the concept that no one's left behind. I guess, you know, in, in Western society, you know, and especially those who aren't uh, unfortunate enough to have a strong family 
base or a strong family network you know like it's 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 possibly one thing that um a lot of filipinos can um islanders any group of people you know really like if they're privy to having if they're fortunate to have those kind of networks and, and those connections that's something that that we can all be proud of you know and we should never take any of that for granted and should always express our our gratitude albeit in a non self-celebratory way you know of course when we celebrate we have to celebrate for good reasons you know and and there might be a little bit of self celebratory uh um sort of things that are happening there especially if you're like showing photos of yourself like yo yo check us out check us out it's quite vain but the point i'm trying to make is that of all the things we've just mentioned about the disillusionment with 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 self and disillusionment with with country and and that whole vibe it's probably because there's like a, a, a lack of belonging and uh you know or you belong to something um and you're not you're not being interacted with in a way that makes you feel like you belong it's almost like how one might get angry with their close family and friends in a, a much more harsher way than they would with uh friends that aren't so close or people they don't know yeah it's because of the sense of belonging that you know certain things like uh expectations and 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 your entitlement to you feel like you, uh, you're entitled to certain ways of of uh things happening interactions with these people that you belong to this group of people you belong to that yeah you'll behave the way that you do which is sort of not so normal or perhaps it is a a normal thing and and if you're out there in the wild you know in the wild wild west you know in the in the jungle concrete jungle you know of of melbourne's west for example and you know you're in a dog house nothing's happening for you you know it's quite easy to feel like you're alone in this world and everything that you look you see around you is negative because you're being grounded you're being <laughs> grounded yeah you've been forced to be grounded but you're grinding yourself right down to the bone that's why i never really used that slang i'm grinding nah 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 i'm hustling but i'm never going to grind myself to become powder and dust you know that's not me and imagine that feeling of loneliness that you might feel or even that small group of people you're part of that you feel you know and you keep your mouth shut and you just do your thing or you get vocal about it you know like it's almost like you've been left behind na iwan ka you got left behind bro you know and that's not a good feeling ever you know unless there's a lesson to be learned as to why you've been left behind you know but if we take that extension of bayanihan and we say walang iwanan well then we're all working together in whatever way to lift and rise above and that's what angat means angat means to lift lift as in you know you have to carry something or push something up 
to lift it. Yeah, there's a bit of labor. <laughs> there's a bit of strain involved in lifting. Yeah, especially when we talk about lifting or uplifting each other. Yeah, we want to lift. We want to up. We want to make sure that there is no one left behind. And I'm just going to have to leave these long spaces here because you need to think about that. We all do. You know, guys, it's it's uh, it's a big problem here on on our podcast Pinoy Italiano that uh, you know Anthony Lawang is he's he's very he's very selfish of, of of sharing and distributing the time between all his other characters. You know, Anthony Lewis actually has not even been you know on the on the show for a while. It's always Anthony Lawang, aka Lamarok. You know, I've been fortunate because I've been quite aggressive. You know, Linalaban Kusha. I'm I'm always biting him for a spot on the on the episode. You know, but you know, this is this this positive. How can I say? Parang is a is a positive positive. Um, it's a positive confrontation. If, if that is the right way of saying it, you know, like I I am speaking up. I'm speaking up and you know it might sound like we are fighting but at the end of the day you know we are voicing I am voicing my opinion and uh, you know we at the end of that we are still friends and we are interacting with each other you know but I think the problem with the I think the problem with with people here in, in Melbourne Australia is you know you all live in your wonderful castles you know, no, in the suburbs or wherever you are. In fact, you know, you could be living in the same apartment building, but you don't need to talk to anybody. You can just go in your elevator. There might be multiple elevators. There's even a staircase if you can be bothered, you know. And even if one of your uh, uh, apartment mates, you know, other people living in the apartment come by, you don't even need to say hello. Or talk to anybody you know and then usually these places there is no communal area like a courtyard or something where everybody can sit down and mingle and talk with each other and and you know and they, it's you know it's 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 not it's not nice it's not good you know and and you know like the other day we were having we were rubbing um, a cigarette on the on the balcony, right? And then I could hear one guy in the BMX. He was yelling, but he was riding by himself. I said, what's this young young gangster doing in my neighborhood? And then 10 other teenage boys with their all different types of bicycles rode past us. And I, for the first time, I had a big smile on my face because I've not seen kids riding their bicycles, you know, their bikes in the, the area since maybe early 2000s. This is crazy, diba? It's like somehow the world has become very adult and this whole like 
you know this 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 place for children does not exist in a beautiful country like Australia now mind you this is the western suburbs here you know we live in this area called Brimbank there's a skate park here and for quite some time it's been empty yeah not, not, skaters don't even go there's people with scooters or bikes or kids just hanging out but why don't the skaters use this skate park properly you know and interact with this space I don't know something happened you know something happened and and, and it almost brought tears to my my eyes like to see this these kids you know and it would have been even better if there was a mixed group of boys and girls and baklas and everybody else you know it was mixed race at least multicultural group of kids all on their bicycles like a big bike gang they rode right past our balcony and you know I was very happy you know it's like the kids are they are owning it they are owning it they are taking they are taking ownership of whatever it is they're doing they are taking ownership and you know this is a very very important thing that I think people are not really doing all they're doing is taking ownership of their online presence nice snapchat buddy bye thanks guys for tuning into Pinoy Straliano I hope you enjoyed the last minute uh, segment there with Lopez Luang <laughs> he's a crazy guy he's a crazy guy but um yeah you know, I hope uh, you enjoyed today's episode and that there were some moments that um reached out to you and also perhaps moments that you disagree with and I'd definitely like to hear from you um please please send us a message I'd like to get some more interactions here from my silent listeners um yeah guys Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we'll see you in a, another episode coming soon of Pinoy Straliano. Peace.